Today's Shir is Masechta Yivamas Daf Yur Aleph. We will begin on Daf Yur Aleph, Amun Aleph, on the top of the Amun, the second word, Ravashi. In order to begin today's Shir, we have to review what we learned in our previous Shir, the Machlaikas of Rab Yochan and Rish Lakish. There's a did in the Torah that Kivin Shloibana, if somebody did not, if somebody did Chalitza with his sister-in-law, he may not marry her. But we had a machlokes of Yochanan Mishlokish. To which brother is it said that there's only a chiv lav if one were to marry that sister-in-law? Reish Lokish's opinion is that only the brother who did chalitza, if after he did chalitza, he then will do marry that sister-in-law with whom he did chalitza. He's over the lava kivin shabana shlov la yivna to whom she's a chayiv lavin, but to the other to the other brothers who had not done chalitza, since there was no, and to start off with there was a chiv karis she was an eishes ach, that chiv karis remains. That's the opinion of Reish Lakish. Rav Yochanan disagrees. Rav Yochanan, as we discussed at the end of yesterday's shir, said that this brother who did the chalitza is really acting as a shliach for all the other brothers. And since he's acting as a shliach for all the other brothers, so just like he only has a chiv lav, so too will his brothers only have a chiv lav. So the Gemara quoted a b'risa, which the b'risa clearly indicated in the Reisha, that not just the brother who did chalitza only has a chi of lav, but all the brothers only have a chi of lav. Because the Bryce said that this one brother who did chalitza now goes and marries the woman with whom he did chalitza. So the Bryce taught us that, and now he dies without children. This woman is, is obligated to have chalitza from the remaining brothers. If she was a chiyav chorus to these brothers, how could she be a candidate for chalitza? But then, Rish Lakish brought a raya from the Seifa, because the Seifa said that if one of the brothers marry her, the Kedushin is not a valid Kedushin. So if we follow the opinion of Rish Lakish, who says another one of the brothers who marries this woman has a chiyav, is a, is a chorus, so we know Kedushin is not typhus. Kedushin is not effective when somebody with, with somebody who's a chiv chorus. But if you, Rabbi Yochan, ask Rish Lakish to Rabbi Yochan, are correct, and to all the brothers, marrying this woman is only a chiv lav, so why, if one of the brothers married her, does the Gemara say that it's a chiv, the Kedushin is not valid? The Kedushin ought to be valid. That was the question Rishlokish posed to Rabbi Yochanan. And the Gemara says the way Rabbi Yochanan will respond is by saying that this, the second part of this price up follows the opinion of Akiva. That although the Chachamar of the opinion that Kedushan are not valid, only if the woman whom I am marrying is a woman to whom there's a Chiv Chorus or Chiv Mises Buzdin. But if the woman is also to me with a Chiv Lav, the Chachamah hold, the Kedushin is typhus, the Kedushin, albeit 
Of course, it should have never happened. The Kedushin is a valid Kedushin. But the opinion of Rekiva is that it's not a valid Kedushin. And the Gemara said, Rav Shesha said, that the, the, the second part of this b'risa is following the opinion of Rekiva who says the Kedushin is not valid. Even though it's only a Chiv Lav. But again, Rav Ashi, as we begin today's Shir, is again coming to address that stira. Rav Ashi Lakish says the Gemara of Ashi agrees with Rav Lakish that the Chir, that the Isser for all the other brothers to marry the Chalutza of one of the brothers is a Chiv Karis, from a Shimon, and the way he's going to be able to answer this Brysa is according to the opinion of Rav Shimon. Rav Rina Ravina is going to explain, follows the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan, that not just to the brother who did Chalitza, is there an only an Issachiv laugh, but all the brothers have this, are also only a Chiv laugh. And the way he's going to be able to reconcile the Bryce and Metaritz, Krabbotan, he's going to be able to explain, he's going to explain the Bryce according to the opinion of Rabbanan. As, in, and to explain the Machloikas of Shimon Rabbanan. We learned in our Mishnah, the first Mishnah, the Masechta, that Eishis Ochev Shlayahay by Lamai, a brother who was not in the world when this brother was married to this woman, and the brother passed away, passed away without children. There is no Chivivim, because the Torah says Keishvu Achim Yachtov, brothers who lived in the world together. But we're going to have a Mitzvah Shem on Daf Yutches on Mebeis and Machloikis Roshim Lechachamim. When we had two brothers, Reuven and Shimon, Reuven passed away without any children, and Shimon did Yibam. And only after Shimon did Yibam was Levi born. And then Shimon died without children. According to Chamim, since Levi and Reuven, and Reuven were not in the world at the same time, Reuven's original Amona is an Ashes Ach to Levi, and not only is she an Ashes Ach Levi, and certainly not a candidate for even Chalitza, but she would also exempt Tatsara. Rav Shimon disagrees. Rav Shimon says, since when Levi came to the world, when Levi came to the world, what did he find? He, find, he found that Shimon was married to this woman. So since Shimon was married to this woman, perfectly legal, he who's taking the place, not of Ruvain, the brother who did not coexist with him in the world. He's taking the place of Shimon, who he did coexist with the world. And therefore, that, that he may do Yibum in Shimon's wife, who was originally Ruvain's widow, because as far as he's concerned, when he came to the world, that was all not relevant. However, that's the Machloikis, where Rav Shimon and the Chomim disagree. But Rav Shimon is going to agree that if Ruvain died without children, and before Shimon could have done Yibam, Levi was born. So since Levi did have an Isser to this woman at one point, between the time he was born till Shimon did Yibam with him, till Shimon did Yibam with her, so even though now, when Shimon dies, she's falling because she was Shimon's wife, Levi, Rav Shimon will agree, cannot do even with that woman. And now it says the Gemara, Rashi, Savala, Kresh, Lakish. 
Rishlokish, Rav Ashi holds like Rishlokish, that says all the other brothers who did not do chalitza have a chiv chorus with this chalitza. But Tarts, Rav Shimon, and he's going to explain the b'risa like Rav Shimon. He's going to say as follows. If somebody did chalitza v'chaz ketchup, and then he did kedushin in that woman, and she dies without children afterwards, she has to have chalitza from any of the brothers. Man achim, who are the brothers being referred to? That a brother who was only born after this brother did chalitza and then married that woman. In other words, we have four brothers, Shem, Ruben, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda. Yehuda married Sarah, and Yehuda died without children. So Sarah falls to the brothers to Yibam. Levi did chalitza to Sarah, and then, according to Rishlakish, Levi only now has an Isra Lav to marry Sarah. The other brothers have a Chiyiv Karis, because Rishlakish's opinion is that the brothers who did not do chalitza, the woman who was a chalutza in this family, reverts to being an Ashes Ochev to them. Now Levi went and married this woman, whom he shouldn't be marrying. She has a Chiyiv Lav, but as we're learning, it's t- Lav is Typhus Kedushin. Levi went and married Sarah. And now, after Levi married Sarah, new brothers were born, Yisachar Zvulun. And Levi dies without children. And now Sarah falls to all these brothers for Yibam. So even though Reuven and Shimon cannot do Yibam with her, because as we just said, according to Eshlokish, a woman who became the chalutza of one of the brothers to the other brothers of Chiyif Karis, but Yisachar and Zvulun, who weren't in the world, Rav Shimon holds, don't, don't pay attention to any of that. When they came to the world, all that they saw, all that they saw was Levi is married to this woman. And therefore, since they found Levi married to this woman, and now Levi died without children, so that's why they killed the chalitza. Ukaman, and saying this psak is on one hand following the opinion of Rosh that brothers have an iser chorus with the woman who's a chalutza, but also it's following the opinion of Rav Shimon, where Rav Shimon, as we said a moment ago, is of the opinion that if the brother was only born after the surviving brother did chalitza and then married her, what happened prior to that, it doesn't make any difference. It's all immaterial, and therefore the halacha is that the bro- they, they could do yibum and that woman. On the other hand, how will he explain the sefer? He's going to blame the sefer, that one of the brothers who were in existence, in our in our example, there was Shimon, it was Shimon and Levi who were in existence. Levi was the one that did Chalitza. So it was Shimon and Yehuda who were in existence when Levi did the Chalitza and then married her. But since the moment Levi did the Chalitza, those two brothers have a chief chorus with her. That's why the Sefer says, that if he did, since they were in existence, even Rabbi Shimon will agree, since they were in existence, 
there's going to be a chiv chorus, and you don't pay attention to what happened after he married her, because they were here already at that point, and therefore, since there's a chiv chorus, if they will go, oh, I'm an echen I love them, and one of those brothers will do kedushin in her, and loyav klum, it's meaningless, because we're following the opinion of Rav Shimon, and Rav Shimon's opinion is, as we're learning, that Rav Shimon's opinion is that here, Shlokish's opinion is that there's a chiv chorus, and since there's a chiv chorus, then the halacha will be that the kedushin is not valid. That's how Rav Sheshis was able to explain the brisa. Says the Gemara, Ravina explains the brisa Savalai Kerab Yochanan. That Rabbi Yo- our Bryce is following the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan's opinion is that not only the abro- not only the brother who did chalitza only has a chi of lav, but all the brothers have only a chi of lav. But which brothers only have a chi of lav? The brothers who were in existence. But the brothers who were not in existence, it, just to say this introductory remarks, if we follow the opinion of the Rabbanon who argued Rabbi Shimon, even though the brother was not in the world at all when any of this happened, the Rabbanon's opinion, the Rabbanon's opinion is he's still in the category of Aishas Ochif Shlai What is a Chiyiv Karis? And now let's explain the Gemara. If the brothers who were in existence, since just like the brother who did Chalitza and then married her, the Kedushin was typhus because it's only a Chiv laugh, so too the brothers who were in existence when the Chalitza was done, according to Rabbi Yochanan, only have a Chiv laugh. If they only have a Chiv laugh, they could, they could do Chalitza. However, they should not do Yibum. And the reason they can't do Yibum, Tysus explains, is how can we say that we could, should do Yibum? Tysus says, the husband who married her, even though the Kedushin was Typhus, and the reason the Kedushin was Typhus is because she's only a Chiv Lav, the purpose, and Tysus is teaching us a very important concept. Tysus is saying that the point of a Yibum is to perpetuate the marriage. If there was a marriage that did not result in children, we don't want that marriage to continue. How do we continue the marriage? By the brother doing Yibam. But we, can't, we should not perpetuate a marriage that shouldn't have happened. So since this brother married this woman whom he did Chalitza with, and yes, the Kedushin was a valid Kedushin because it was only a Chiyiv laugh, it's not the kind of marriage that we want, to, we want to perpetuate. And since we don't want to perpetuate that marriage, the Gemara says we should only do chalitza, not, not yibam. Moreover, even these brothers, the Rishonim point out, even these brothers who are just now doing yibam in their deceased brother's wife, they have a chiv lav with that woman. Because that lav that we're speaking about, that a chalutza is not supposed to marry one of the brothers, and Rabbi Yochan holds that that chiv lav applies to all the brothers, that chiv lav didn't go away. This brother who married her violated the lav. So he shouldn't have violated the lav, but he did, and the Kedusha was typhus. But that did not make that that lav goes away. And since that lav 
did not go away, the halacha is, they should only do chalitza and not yibam. Ukaman, because we're following the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. On ma'achad minayiludim, but one of the brothers continues Ravina in explaining the Bryces, the Sefer. And one of the brothers who was only born after all of this happened, after the first brother died. And we follow the opinion of Rabbanan. The Rabbanan say that that brother is an Aishas, is never allowed to do Yibam. That's called Aishas of Shalaya Balamai. If it's an Aishas Ach Shalaya Balamai, she's considered an Aishas Ach. So an Aishas Ach is a Chi of Karis. A Chi of Karis. The Kedusha is not Typhus. And I love Kalom because we're following the opinion of the Rabbanim. Says the Gemara, Itmar. A person died without children and he left over a number of wives. The Allah is, you could do Yibam, one of the wives you could do Yibam with. If after he did Yibam, he did, he, he lived with the Tzara, he's over an essay. Because the Pasuk says, Ashal Yivnes based Achiv, and we learned from that Bayis Echudabayna, you only can marry one of the wives of the brother who died without children, Veinabayna Shnebatim. You don't do Yibam and more than one wife. So, now the question is if somebody lived with that, with one of the other wives, this brother left over, how do we look at that? Do we say that there's a Chiv Karis? Because she reverts back to being an Eishasach, or is it just the Isra say, since at one point this woman was a candidate for Yibam, they did Yibam with one of the other wives, but she was certainly a candidate for Yibam. So since she was certainly a candidate for Yibam, maybe the Allah ought to be that, we, that if you do live with her, which, of course, as we're saying, it should not be happening, it would not be a chiv karis, it will be a chiv asay. Says the Gemara, that's haba or yivama. Says the Gemara, that's only if the person had relations with the yivama. And then ba echel mishar And now one of the other brothers has relations with one of the tsaris. Says the Gemara, pligma ravachar ravina. It's the subject of a machlekes ravachar ravina. Chad amar the karis. Because she reverts back to being an Eishasach. The Khan Amar, the essay, he's only over an essay base, says the Gemara. How do we understand this Machlaikus? The Mandam that says that there's a Chiv Karis is obviously following the opinion of Reish Lakish. For to review, according to Reish Lakish, the brother who did Chalitza, if he goes and marries, that woman with whom he did chalitza, it's only a chiv lav of kivit shabona shuv yivne. But Rishlokish says, what is the, going to be the locha with all the other brothers? Rishlokish will say that all the other brothers will not. All the other brothers will only be a will only be a will be chiv karis, and just like all the other brothers will have a chiv chorus with this chalutza. So too holds Rishlokish, the Yavama, who did not have chalitza or yibam, all the other wives revert back to being a chiv chorus. Whereas according to Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan's opinion was that not only the brother who did chalitza, if he now goes and marries that woman, it's only a chiv lav, 
But as we've been discussing in our shir, Rabbi Yochan's opinion is that to all the brothers, that woman is a, only a chiv lav. Similarly, will Rabbi Yochanan hold that not only the wife who had Yibam Mechalitza changes status, but all the wives who didn't, even though they were not the, the women who had Yibam Mechalitza, once one of them, their status changed, all of them status changed, and they're no longer an Eshesach, they're no longer a Chiv Chorus, it's only a Chiv Asay, only a Chiv Asay, the Baiz Echurabayna, Venebayna, Shneibatim. And let's read the words of the Gemara inside. Mandam Chorus, the Mandam that says there's a Chiv Chorus on the wife who did not have Chalitzas, following the opinion of Shlokish. Manda Amor Basay is following the opinion of Yechanan. The Torah teaches us the parish of a Saita, which that means if a husband warns his wife, don't remain secluded with a certain man, and she then did go seclude herself with that man, if there are no Adam that they had in, that they were intimate, the Allah is that she still may not live with a husband because of the lab, the Torah says, the nitma, until they go through the Saita procedure where they take the cloth, the piece of parchment that has on it written the parish of the soita, and they put it into the Mayim HaMorim, and they dissolve it, and she drinks it. Says the Gemara, Amri Huda if do we have a woman who's a soita, and the Allah is, that a soita is also labal ulubayala, a soita is also to her husband, and to the person she's accused of. And now, this husband of the Saita passed away. So that question is, is this Saita subject to Hilchas Yibam? Amr Rav, not only is the Saita, who the Torah Rav says, is considered Tmei Venitma, we just said the words of the Pasuk, not subject to Hilchas Yibam V'chalitza, but even the Tzara Saita is Surah. Even her Tzara is not subject to Hilchas Yibam V'chalitza. And the Gemara explains, Rav explains why. Because as we just said, Tumak Siba, the Torah calls her Tameh. And since the Torah calls her Tameh, so she has the din like an erva. And since she has the din like an erva, she is Tameh and she's considered like an erva. And as we started the Masechta, a Tzairah Saita is Asa. And all the Rishonim point out, Rashi ready, why does Rav point, focus on the Tzairah? Why doesn't Rav speak about the Saita herself to teach us that a bigger Chiddush. The Tzara Saita could only be Asr, the Tzara Saita could only be Asr because of the Saita. So the Mara is teaching us, Rav is teaching us that I treat the Saita exactly like an Erva to the degree that not only is she Asr, but she has the ability to make her Tzara Asr as well. The question is, will there be any Chiv Chalitza here at all? Most Rishonim say, if Rav is considering her like, a, like an Erva, the Aloha is that just like an Erva is exempt, so too is it from Chalitza and Yibam, so too of the Tzar Saitam. Master of Chizda. So of Chizda asks on this. We're going to learn a Gemara later in the Masechta, that pays Zion on the base, where a woman's husband traveled over, overseas, and one aide came and said, your husband passed away. And based on that testimony, Bezdin allowed this woman to get married to someone else. And then, after she married someone else, 
her husband shows up. Midaraisa, she's really allowed to go back to her first husband. Because this that she lived with the second husband was not deliberate, was not an Ashish who deliberately had relations with another man. It was done with a head to a Bezdin. Bezdin allowed her to get married to this man. However, the and the Allah is, therefore that relation that she had with the other man is considered a oinus. It's not that she willingly lived with a man that she wasn't allowed to live with. But Chazal said that she should not, that she is not allowed to go back to the first husband. Even though the halacha is that if a woman lives with another man unwillingly, not with an Aveira, unless the husband's a Koyin, she could always go back. Chazal said, And as we're going to learn, the reason Chazal said, because she obviously did not check properly to make sure her husband was not alive. Because as we see, he actually was alive. Now, what happens if the first husband dies before he divorces her? In other words, what should happen here is that the first husband should divorce her because she can't live with him, so she divorced her. The, he died before he had the opportunity to divorce her. So, and he died without children. The halacha is that she has to have chalitza. Says the Gemara of Shimon Aymer, the Shimon holds, if he dies, if she has yibam or chalitza from any of the surviving brothers, and what do we see from here? That she's allowed to have yibam. And we didn't say that since her husband was supposed to divorce her, should he should have to, the brother should have to do Yibam. So this is clearly not like Rav. Because Rav's opinion is that the the Saita should not have Yibam Mechalitza and the Tzara as well. Here we see that that she's allowed to have Yibam Mechalitza and certainly her Tzara. Amloch Rav. So how will Rav defend himself? Says Rav Amin Aloch I'm talking about a woman who had relations willingly with another man. That's where I say that there's no din of Yibam Chalitza. At Amrli Saitim Rabbanon. Here we're talking about a case like we explained that this woman lived with a second husband with a sack of Bezdin that she's allowed to live with that man. How can we compare the case? Says the Gemara. Indeed, the Mar Karole, my Karole. How could, how could the Gemara, what was the Havamina to compare the two cases? Here we're talking about a, a woman who deliberately might have had relations. And here we're talking about a woman who is a victim. Answers the Gemara, Kasava called the Tukar Rabbanike in the Raisa Tukar. He is of the opinion that since Chazal said, as we explained, that she's not allowed to go back to her husband, even though it was by mistake, it doesn't change the rule that called the Tukar in the Raisa Tukar. And therefore, since the Chazal said she shouldn't go back to her husband, she should be that's why the Gemara thought they should be treated as a regular cycle. Here the Gemara establishes the rule of call the ticken, the raisa, kain the raisa ticken. The Shagas Arya says that only the Pasha Shema Vahafta that we say every day is a chiv the raisa. Pasha Shema is only a drabonim. The Tzlach disagrees with the Shagas Arya. 
and he disagrees based on the Gemara Masech, the Brachas, the Yud Gimel Amad Aleph. The Gemara says, Amrib Shubat Karchop, Lama Kadma Pasha Shemal Vahim Shemaya. Why do we say the Pasha Vahafta before we say the Pasha Vahim Shemaya? Kadeshi Kabbalah of Omach Shemaim Tchila. The Pasha of Ahafta speaks about being the Kabbalah Omach Shemaim. Vahkach, the Kabbalah of Om Mitzvahs. Now, the question is, if the, if the Shagis Arya is right, asked the Tzlach, what's the Gemara's question? We say Vahafta before Vahim Shemaya. Because Vahafta is a Daraisa and Vahoyim Shemaya is a Rabbanon. Says the Rav Tzaddik that out to defend the Shagasari, that our Gemara says the Kol the Tikkin Daraisa, Kol the Tikkin Rabbanon, Kain Daraisa Tikkin. Once we're obligated to do something, even though it's only with Rabbanon, it has the equivalency, that's how the Rav Tzaddik learns, it has the equivalency of a Daraisa. So the fact that Pashas Vahafta is a Daraisa and Pashas Vahayim Shemaya is a Darabonon would not be a good enough reason why we should say Vahafta before Vahayim Shemaya. Only because of the reason that the Gemara gives that Vahafta has all Malch Shemayim and Vahayim Shemaya has all Mitzvahs and all Malch Shemayim comes first. That's the reason. Why? Because called the Tikkun Daraisa called the Tikkun Darabonon came the Daraisa Tikkun. But now the Gemara asks another question on Rav's opinion regarding the Tzara Saita. Masiv Ravashi. The Allah is, a person told his wife, as we mentioned earlier, don't remain secluded with a certain man. And she did. And they remained there the amount of time in which they could be intimate. The Allah is, a surah she may not go back to her husband until we could definitively determine if she did something wrong or not. Asur lech of a truma. The lach is a wife of a kain may eat truma. If this woman is the wife of a kain, she may not eat truma. If a mace, and if the husband dies, Now the question is, according to Rav, she's a saita. And we're saying a saita, not only a saita, even the tzara saita doesn't have to have yibam nor chalitza. Amalach Rav, so Rav defends himself. Amin Amalach Allah b'sayta vaday. I said my halach of a sayta by by a sayta who we know for sure had an adulterous relationship. That's where the Torah used the word tuma, which Rav equates to being an erva. Amrly at sayta suffik, and you're telling you're bringing me a raya from a case where we don't know definitively that she did the wrong thing. Says the Gemara, Mashna Saita Vadai. Why would you say a Saita Vadai is not obligated in Yibam and Chalitza? Mishum Dixiba Tumma. Could the Torah use the word Tumma? And you, Rab, began the Sugya by telling us that Tumma is equal to Erva. So ask the Gemara, Saita Sophic Nami Tumma Ksiba. By Saita Sophic, the Torah also uses the word Tumma. The Tanya, and says the Gemara, where do we know this from? The Tanya of Yosemite Kippa Ayim Mishumar Belazar, Hamachsik Rishasai, something that we spoke about earlier. Somebody who divorced his wife, and the Allah is until that wife gets remarried, the first husband could take her back. But once the wife got remarried, the husband may not take her back, the first husband. Minan so if the second wife had Nasuan, Asura, she may not go back to the first husband. But if all she had with the first husband was Erison, the Allah is Meteris. 
then if they never consummated the marriage to Nesuin, she may go back to the first husband. Mishum Shanema, the Torah says, Tuma means that she had relations. But if she didn't have the relation, the Allah is, she could go back to her first husband. It doesn't make a difference if there was only Arison or Nesuin. Even if there was only Arison, she may not go back to the first husband. I asked the Gemara, what did we learn with the word Tohutama? The rabbis shoyt of sinistera that a soyta that had stira the halacha is she may not go back to the husband. So we're learning two halachas. One halacha is that after a husband divorces his wife and then she has erison with another man, she may not go back to the first husband. And another halacha is that a soyta cannot have relations with a husband. And where do we learn it from? The word tumma. But this saita is my nistra, says the Gemara. Says, so this saita is a woman that didn't definitively, we don't know for sure, had relations with another man. And still we're using the word tumma. So why are you rather differentiating, asks the Gemara, between a saita vada and a saita suffolk? Says the Gemara, no, that's not what it means. Nistra in this pasuk means that we know she ate nivala, that she had relations with another man. So why is she called nistra? Why the pasuk should say, the Rabbi says, Rabbi Saita Nistra. It should say, Rabbi Saita Shenivala. Says the Gemara, Lishnam Al Yanakit. The Pasuk, the Gemara wanted to use a more refined wording. So instead of using the word Nivala, the Gemara used the word Nistra. Says the Gemara, Nivala, if the Saita if the really definitively had relations with another man, why would the Torah have to say that a woman who for sure had relations with another man is Asr? Answers the Gemara, that Pasuk is coming to teach us, that Pasuk is only a laugh about Machlala say, for Nistra Vahi Nitma. A laugh about Machlala say, we're going to learn a Masechta Makis, has the status of a Mitzvah say, and there is no Malchus for it. But we want, the, the Gemara wants to establish that if she had relations with such a man, Naloch will be that she's over alive, she'll get Malchus. That's why this Pasuk is needed to teach us that then. Rabbi Yosef Keeper, Rabbi Yosef Keeper, who says that that Pasuk is speaking, the Pasuk that we just spoke about, is only speaking about a Machsukushasoy, Lab Saita Leslie. He says that if a man marries a woman, if a man has relations with his wife who's a Saita, after she had relations with another man, is not over alive. But Philos Noi, even if we know the, for sure that she had such relations, there are Adam that sought, she won't get Malchus. My Tama, Havai The Pasuk says, The Torah says that if a person has, is, a person is talking about, or the Pasuk says, the Pasuk is only speaking about a Maxigu Shasai. The Pasuk is not speaking about a woman who's a Saita that had relations with another man. Ask the Gemara, As we discussed, you're not allowed to take back the Maxigu You're not allowed to take back the Grusha after she got married to someone else. If somebody did take her back, or Mace, 
and then he died without children. Tzorosamau, what will be the din of the tzora of that Maxim Rishosai? Says the Gemara, leave the Rabbi Yavisik and Peeper, according to Rabbi Yavisik and Peeper, like to Pei Loch. That Loch is that she's not a candidate for even Machalitza nor as a tzora. Why? Kimidam Rabbi Yavisik and Peeper, Tuma, the Tuma that stayed in the Pasik is regarding Maxim Rishosai, is speaking about a Maxim Rishosai. So therefore, she's considered an erva. If she's considered an erva, so she's not a candidate for Yibam Chalitza, and Tzorosu Kamaisa will have the same halacha as well. And if we're going to say that the Maxim Gushasoy, the Pasuk says regarding Maxim Gushasoy, which would mean that only she is a Ta'eva, if she, she did the wrong thing, but has nothing to do with a Tzara, says the Gemara, I'm going to, says Rabbi Yosef and Keeper, that's not the way I learned the Pasuk. The Pasuk is not to teach us, to teach us that she is, did the wrong thing. Her children, that means if a daughter would be born from this marriage, that means if the husband took back a Mahsagushasai after he should not have taken her back, and they have a daughter, that daughter is not disqualified for marrying a Kayin. That daughter is allowed to marry a Kayin because she. Because there was no Issa Kahuna. That means a, if a Kayin would take back a Maxa Grusha, sorry, since the Allah is that a Kayin is not allowed to marry a Grusha, the child born from that marriage would indeed be a Chalala Chalala. But here it's a Yisrael who took back a Grusha. Yes, he was over a lad, but that doesn't make his child into a Chalala. If they have a son, he certainly wouldn't be a Kayin because he's not a Kayin. But even the daughter who's born from that marriage. Is not considered a chal- is not considered a chalola, and therefore she can marry a kayin. But the tsarasa, the gemara is saying is Ta'eva, and she, this this woman who went back to her husband and then he died without children, is not a candidate for even mechalitza, nor is her tsara. That's certainly going to be the opinion of a yosef and keeper. The question is, he the who said that the pasuk of achushutama. They said it's talking about a saita. Even though the baron are using the word tuma regarding the saita, still the pasuk shot in that pasuk is talking about a machsugushasai. The pasuk shot is talking about a machsugushasai, or and therefore we can't say that that will apply by saita as well. Idilma. Kivan the Acker, once they've explained that we're saying that this Pasuk is speaking about a Saita, the Acker, the Torah is speaking about a Saita, and therefore the Aloha is, the Aloha will be that she's exempt. Ikadami, I'll leave the Rabbana to Bailach. Kivan this Acker, since the Pasuk is not talking about a Maxi the Acker, they say that the Pasuk that speaks about Tomah is speaking about a Saita, not about Maxi even though it's in the context of a Pasuk of Maxi it's talking about Saita, we can't say it's talking about Maxi Kiti Bailach, a liberty of a keeper, who says that the Pasuk entirely is always speaking about Maxi My, how will Rabbi Yosem keeper explain the Pasuk? Alpha Gabdomer Rabbi Yosem keeper, Tomah Maxi yes, the Torah uses the word Tumah. And Rabbi Yisman keep is saying that the Torah uses the word Tumah by Pasuk Maxim But still, maybe Rabbi Yisman Kippur will agree. Mir Rachmana, the Torah says, He to Eva, 
And therefore, the Tzara will still be a candidate for Yibam Mechalitza. Or does he, Ta'eva, teach us that that the children are not affected, but the Tzara is a Ta'eva, and she's not a candidate for Yibam Mechalitza. Amalei, so Shesha says to Yehuda, the status of this Tzara, the Tzara of Masru Shasai, Tenesua, is going to be taught to us in the Mishnah Daf Mem Dalon Amalv. It's the Mishnah that teaches us. If a husband was married to two women, one was Kasha and one was Pasal, more immediately we'll define what that means. If the Yavim is going to do Chalitza, so the Yomar immediately asks, what is meant in that Mishnah when it said the word Kasha and it said the word Pasal? That it's a woman that's allowed to marry anybody in a coin as well. And Psula is a woman who's not who's already previously also to a coin. So ask the Gemara, the Yavam is not a coin. Since the Yavam is not a coin, the Lede Chazya, he can marry either one. My what's the difference? Ksheira Psula. El Lav, Ksheira, Ksheira Lay. The Ksheira means that the wife was a woman that the husband was allowed to marry, the husband that died. And Psula, Psula is a wife that the husband was not supposed to be married to. Mind you, what is the perfect example? The brother died and he left two wives. One wife was his whom he should have not married, and the other wife was perfectly fine. So we see that even though one of the wives of Masagushasai, Yibam should be done with the other wife. So we see that there is no tour of Tsaris Erva by Tsaris Masagushasai. So the Marlam means Ksheru Ksheru La Alma. Ksheru means that she's a woman that can marry a coin. Psula means she's a woman that's Psula Alma, that she may not marry a coin. That means simple example. A man married two women. One woman is a woman that was never a Grusha. The other woman was a woman who was previously divorced. The woman who was previously divorced, he was allowed to marry her. He's not a Kayin. And now he dies without children. The woman who was once divorced will never be allowed to marry a Kayin. But now the question is, his brothers are not Kahanim. So what's the difference? The status of this woman, if she is allowed to marry a Kayin, or she's not allowed to marry a Kayin, Answers the Gemara, Kivan the day Chazia. He asked the Gemara, the brother can marry either one. My So what's the difference if this woman is a woman who's allowed to marry Kahanim, a woman that's not allowed to marry Kahanim? Says the Gemara because of Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef establishes a very important halacha. Dama Rabbi Yosef, Kan Shana Rebbe. Rebbe taught us halacha. The halacha is that we should never try to do something baltashchis. We never should do something that will just ruin something for no good reason. So here, the Allah is that not only may a Grusha not marry a Kayin, but a Chalutza may not marry a Kayin either. And therefore, if they're going to do Chalitza, and you could do Chalitza, and the husband that died left two wives. One is a woman who was previously a Grusha, who can't marry a Kayin anyway. And the other woman who doesn't have that status of being a Grusha. So now, when this brother is going to do Chalitza, so instead of doing Chalitza with the wife that was never a Grusha, and since this is a wife that was never a Grusha, she is a woman who is permitted 
to marrying Kayan by now you doing by now you doing chalitza with her, you're going to disqualify her from marrying Kayan. So why should you take a woman who's allowed to marry a Kayan and disqualify her? You're not marrying her anyway. It wouldn't be better to do the chalitza on the wife who was already previously divorced. And since that wife was previously divorced, she can't do chalitza anyway. And therefore, the Gemara says, that's what we're learning here, the concept of avoid, of, of baltashkas. And in fact, I saw that the Achroinim ask, the Gemara came up with this new terminology. Why didn't the Gemara just say, simple, that it's an Isser or baltashkas? So the, the Sukkot Tavit answers that the Gemara, is saying, the Gemara is saying how far we have to be concerned. Most people, most men are not Kohanim. So by taking this woman and making it to Chalutza, we're not really harming her chances of getting married significantly. Most men are not Kohanim. Still, the Gemara is saying, if doing anything that could be detrimental should be doing anything that detrimental should, is awesome. However, the Paiskum say, the Smag says, sometimes you have to see that you should do it, that it may be necessary. I saw that the Mishnah Brewer says, the Allah is that somebody's taking off tzitzis, somebody wants to buy a new talus, and he has kosher tzitzis on his talus, he's allowed to take off, he should not cut off the tzitzis, because that's Baal he should untie the tzitzis. Maybe somebody else will use the tzitzis. But says the Mishnah Brura, if it's complicated to do so, then you're allowed to tear him off. Even though it's a question about tashkis, your time and your effort also need to be taken into consideration. On the other hand, the Marajdam says, let's say somebody owns animals. And he doesn't need all the animals for kosher meat. And it's much simpler, quicker, easier to just kill the animal than to shech the animal with a shaykhet, with all the halachas of shechita. Says the Marajdam, a Jew should never have his animal just killed. It should always be slaughtered. Because maybe that animal, somebody's going to want to eat that animal. If you kill it, it's a novella. If you, don't, if you shech it, you may end up needing it. And our Gemara is being so concerned about the fact, the concept about Tashkas. Toshma, Mishinesis, he vitsarasa chalesis. Says the Gemara, he vitsarasa. How can you say both? You only do yichalitza on one wife. Sakadatach, how can you say both? Eleema oi hi chalesis otsaretsis. So we see that the tsaris machsugushasai may not have yibam, only chalitza. Says the Gemara, v'lav terutsum teratzli. We immediately had to. Redefine this price, so we had to modify it because the words Hivitzarasuchaletzis weren't understandable. The same thing here, he Tritzhachi, the way to explain this price, he chaletzis, the tsoras chalitza, the 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 she cannot be a candidate for Yibum, as I said earlier, because one should not be perpetuating an Aveira. The Tsarasa, Aichaletzis Bemis, the Bryce is not a raya. To our question.